Hello and welcome to uh, the third week of the In The Clear podcast. We're talking NRL again this week. Uh, it's a soaking wet Wednesday morning uh, in Western Sydney as we record this. Uh, I'm Connor Hickey and I'm here with Paul Roberts and Chris Bullos. G'day boys. Hey guys. Uh, so this podcast is produced by ACM, Division of Fairfax Media. Um, so let's get into it. Boys, what's stuck this week? All right, well, let's kick it off. You know what stuck for me, and you know, I went to biology classes many years ago, so I've, I've written down here Generation X, and I think the X is the chromosome factor, and what I'm talking about there, boys, is... I think is you two... better explain yourself. Yeah, I think so, I think so. Let's get back to rugby league. Um, two fellas with history in the game through genetics is what I'm talking about, guys. One of them being Tyrone Peachy, um, nephew of... of Cronulla great David Peachy, and the other fella, uh, also uh, nephew of former Dragons winger, flyer, uh, Nathan Blacklock from Tinger. I just thought um, both of those players, one's 25, one's 20, not much, um, in Bevan French, but um, Tyrone Peachy will play for State of Origin this year, will play for the Blues, I believe. I think he's an X factor. That's Getting back to that X factor, I think he's the type of player the Maroons would hate to play. Um, he can pop up anywhere, and has the has the strength, has the has the the stature to be a real force in State of Origin. Bevan French, don't think he'll play State of Origin this year because of so many good outside backs and and clever players through the Moylans and the Tedescos that we have. But I'd say within the next two or three years, he's a state of origin blues player as well. And to be quite honest, we would love those guys to stick around and stick it to the Maroons. Um, boys, what do you think about those players? Tyrone Peachy, Bevan French. Yeah, I think there's in the first couple of rounds, you can just see a lot of the teams are going to be similar this year. And you're going to need an X factor to push top eight, top four. And these two are definitely X factors. Bevan French, that try he set up last week for Sammy Rodrigo, that's probably one of the... You know, Parramatta are looking good to start the season. They'll miss Corey Norman this week, but they're looking good. And Tyrone Peachy, if he can continue his progression, I still don't know what his best position is, but mm. if he, you know, in the centres now, he can, you know, he needs to be out there for 80 minutes. So whether he's in the centres, back row, he's just explosive and damaging. Yeah, he's just he's just really hard to tackle. Mm. And it uh, creates opportunities for those guys. I'll tell you what, though, Penrith have got a lot of outside backs. There's going to be a few blokes missing out a couple of weeks time when some of their players come back so yeah I don't know he might get shifted it back to the second row which I'm, I'm not really sure that he's he's as good there I think probably centres he's found himself a home there from what I can tell um, yeah look I think he's got a roaming commission I think coach there uh, gives him that roaming commission that's when he's most dangerous I'd hate to be tackling the bugger because he has that ability. He's he's not the biggest in the world. He's not the quickest in the world, but he's one of the hardest to tackle in the world. I think um, I heard he's the quickest over forty meters at the club as well. So they're just off the right? speed, yeah, off the off the mark. He's he's just he's quick off the mark, and it just gets him through a little of those little holes that um, yeah, makes him difficult to tackle. What's that for me over the weekend is that I think Melbourne are going to be really, really a top four team this year, especially with Billy Slater coming back. Mm-hmm. I'm. Um, you know, I, I'm really interested to see how Billy goes because if he can fit into that system with Munster slotting back into 5'8", I think Melbourne, has, even without some of their bigger name forwards, have have started the year really well. Two big away wins in the wet 
Um, I think they've. I think they're looking good for another top four spot this year. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I obviously tipped them to be number one uh, at the start of the year. That was you know, I think just based on on um, past year's form. But yeah, they're looking pretty good, aren't they? I, I'd you'd probably have to say at the moment they're the competition front runners. Um, I can't really think of any team that I'd, I'd rate above them. So yeah, they're looking very good, aren't they? I mean, when you look at those. That spine, guys, Slater, Munster, Cronk, Smith. It's um, second to none, isn't it? Yeah, especially if Munster can find his feet in the halves. And if Billy Slater comes back anywhere near what he has played in the past, they will be very hard to beat, especially if Jesse Bromwich named on the bench, an extended bench this week. If he can come back, and you know, he's been the Melbourne Storm player of the year the last two years, so if they if they get forward for those guys, they're, they're, I think they're enough for another big year. Yeah. I don't think it really... It doesn't really matter anyway if uh, Slater's not there. It seems like the Storm have got the goods regardless of, of who's playing, so um, at fullback anyway. Um, and obviously, yeah, winning without Jesse Bromwich over in New Zealand is, um, you know, take your hat off to them. Um, Do you think there's any pressure on Slater this week? Is oh, massive, he, massive is, is, pressure. Is he, he's, he's professional, we know that. He'll come back. He's 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 probably 110% rather than 100% fit because they wouldn't have brought him back any uh, too early. Um, but surely there's some jitters there. Oh, the mental aspect. The mental side of the game is huge. And the word is that he was actually fully fit the last couple of weeks. He's just trying to get his mind and head around the, and around the coming back playing you know, full-time NRL. Mass, it's not really pressure out externally. I think it's more his internal pressure and questioning whether he's still good enough. He's only played one game in the last two years, I think. So it's whether he thinks he can come back and play you know, the Billy Slater standard and whether if he can't reach that standard, whether he can adjust his game to, to still be an effective NRL player. Mm. There's a lot of uh, Blues Blues fans and players that have probably doubted Billy Slater over the years. I've got no doubt. He'll be he'll be fine. Mm. Yeah, what's stuck for you over the weekend, Connor? Uh, well, Tim Simona. It's um I think they've they've called it an indefinite ban, but really the guy the guy's essentially out of NRL for life, at least in terms of playing. Um, and it's absolutely what was needed. Um, Andrew Webster, who writes for the SMH, had a great column yesterday, um, saying how, you know, there's just too many excuses out there for players. You know, we've already seen the slanging match kind of start between, you know, were the West Tigers looking out for Tim Simona's welfare? Well, you know, that just doesn't cut it. Um, these guys, if I'm a coach and I look at a guy like Tim Simona, I say, this guy doesn't want to play in the NRL. He wants to do his own thing. And there's plenty of other young blokes that would, you know, die to have a crack at his, his position in the team. And if he doesn't want to, you know, conform by the rules that everybody else has, he's got to go. And, you know, for the good of the game, I think really you, you can't have that guy back ever again. Um, betting on, on the NRL is, you know, the NRL wants it to be seen as a fair game. You know, when, um, just slightly off, off topic here, but, you know, when, when elections come around, public servants get told you have to be impartial and seen to be impartial and the NRL has to be, you know, has to be free of... Uh, match fixing and seen to be free of match fixing and you can't have blokes like Tim Simona around to uh, ruin it for the rest of the game yeah it's an interesting one I, I don't know I'm not so hell bent on him being punted for life um, uh, the jury's still out um, on that one for me what, what I'm most concerned about and what I'd like your thoughts guys um, is on regardless of two years five years or forever has the rugby league, has the NRL got a responsibility 
to help him now? Or do they cut him loose from the field and from the game and any support? Um, because we've got to think of the man himself and he probably needs ongoing support. So do we cut him from the game, but should the NRL still support him in his um, in his return to normalcy, let's say? Um, or do they have no responsibility whatsoever now? Yeah, I think, I think what Connor said, I think that, that should be the end of his playing days. I think once you bet on a game, and especially the you know selling jerseys for charity and that sort of thing, all the stuff that he's been a been accused of um i but i still think he i think the nrl does have responsibility to stick with him and i can see maybe three four five years down the track him being you know talking to the holden cup players talking about the dangers of gambling i know they do a lot of you know a lot of education already it's no excuse like he he knew what he was doing and he knew he you know blatantly knew he was breaking the law and cheating um but yeah, I still think I, I know in cricket, you know, they had the spot fixing scandal with you know the, the Pakistani bowlers. He served his time and he's come back. Um, this is sort of similar in a way. You know, it wasn't really he wasn't betting on the outcomes of the games. He was betting on you know spot fixing in the game. Mm. But I still think that he he I think um, Todd Grimmick said it's a privilege to be involved in the NRL, not a right. And he's you know he was he had a privileged position and he, and he took advantage of that. So I think. Playing wise, I think his his days are over, but I still think he has a role. I think in our role and the Tigers, I think they said they'll stick by him. I think you know two, three, you know who knows down the track that he'll um he'll come back and you know be involved education wise or not sure. His kid's only twenty four, so uh, still a long way to go ahead of him. Yeah, you know it's interesting that you make that point, Paul, because I'm not sure if you remember um, the young Tigers forward um, who tore all the the nerves Simon from Dwyer. Simon Dwyer that's yeah, right sure do and you know there was that shortly after Alex McKinnon's injury there was a story that came out in the you know I dare I say it the Daily Telegraph that uh, you know basically said that this guy had just been forgotten about by the NRL so why should um, <clears throat> this guy who didn't do anything wrong except put his you know put his body on the line for a you know sport obviously you know hefty um, paycheck at the end of the week I suppose as well why should he be forgotten about by the NRL but this guy who you know Simona who betting on the game you know I suppose I'm not sure if it's proved or not allegedly ripping off charities to, to, to help his gambling habits you know to, like cut it cut him loose Get yeah, him. yeah. Look, throw him look, out to the wolves and it, let him it, see how he fends on, on himself. Look, um, he's like admitted the rest it. Of us have to. He's admitted <laughs> it, so it, it's true. Um, to what degree we don't know, but it is true. So I, I say cut him loose, but I think it's a great thought that the NRL should bring him back into the system. And nothing, um, nothing means more to a player than hearing the plight from another player. And to get him back in three, five years' time would be a terrific thing for the rugby league to consider and not cut him adrift and and set him free, but um, be smart and make sure that they can service players and and, um, really get him to give something back to the game. Well, we might uh, might leave that conversation there. We'll go into the the rounds for, well, the games for round three, and we're going to start off with... Um, what should be another cracker on Thursday night? The Storm versus Broncos. Billy Slater pegged to return. Um, it's up at Amy Park, or down at Amy Park, I suppose, because we're in uh, Sydney here. Boys, what do we think about the game? Well, I think Chris has said it all. BS. <laughs> Billy Slater. Yes. 
Um, look, and, and I've highlighted the spine again. Um, the, the interesting thing is that um, the Bronx pulled their pants down uh, last year in round 25. Um, but uh, to be quite honest, uh, with, with Billy back, I just think the hype will get them home, plus a, a quartet of absolute quality players. So I can't see uh, Brisbane going down there again and, and getting the two competition points. I expect uh, the Storm to win and, and win by a try. Well, this might surprise you, but I, I'm tipping Brisbane. After wrapping, after wrapping Melbourne for that long, I'm going to tip Brisbane. Really? For just a couple of reasons, because I think... The Billy Slater factor is there, but there also there will be a lot of hype around the game, and it can affect other players in the team. And coming off two tough losses in the wet, I think they'll be, I think they're right for the pick in here. And I think Brisbane will go down there and do a Wayne Bennett job and get the two points on the, on the Thursday night. My big concern for Brisbane is is who lines up because Matt Gillette did go off yet last week, and if he if he doesn't play, I will lean back to Melbourne. But I think if Matt Gillette plays Milford and Hunt, I think they'll be seeding from last week's loss, and I think they'll go down there and get the two points. Really, that's a uh, that's a big call. Yeah, it's it a big is. call. I'm going to go uh, the Storm. Like I said, I think they're competition favourites. Um, Brisbane is a good team. There's no doubt about that. Um, but I, I think the Storm will have the edge here. Um, and just quickly, what about the uh, uh, not Storm, the Broncos Cowboys game last week? Oh, it was a, it was yeah. a cracker. They, they just continue to produce. We can, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, look, I think we were talking about it last week, who's going to win, and we thought uh, maybe extra time. Coin, yeah. So, you know, what it do we doesn't think, surprise. What do we think about um, something like two points for a, 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 an overtime win and one point for the, the team that, that gets the that, that loses? I mean, I know I'm, I'm an NHL fan. They have, you get three points for the win, and because games frequently go into overtime in the NHL, you get two points for an overtime win and one for an overtime loss. So I'm not sure if you change that in the NRL to, to three points for a win. It probably doesn't happen enough, but do we think um, teams should get one point for the for uh, I'm tired after 80 minutes? I'm a traditionalist. I'm back to, you know, I, I think two points for a win, you know, one for a draw, zero for a loss. That's just me. Well, I also think I, I'm not a fan of Golden Point. I think that game on Friday night deserved one point each and walk away, but that's just me. Yeah, look, I, I'm betwixt and between again it's either walk off after 80 minutes or um or we go with the the, the national hockey league um side of things but what we do need to do if we do have golden point it, it does become that um field gold field goal a thon yeah. um i still think it should be golden try always have done um if they're going there let's uh let's fling it about and and win the game with a four pointer um rather than a field goal might keep Mr. Bennett happy. Who would know? <laughs> That'd be unusual. We know. Yeah. Oh wow! So are we detecting some signs of disrespect towards Wayne Bennett here? Well, if if you have anything to do with St George or Newcastle, I think you would. So. Yeah. Good the, luck to the him. premiership that he got. You guys didn't didn't make warm you to him at all, or for, for that season it did. <laughs> oh, wow! Um, Tough crowd. Second game, first game of Friday night is Bulldogs and Warriors in Dunedin. Bulldogs are taking their home game over there. Um, Bulldogs are missing a few players, including Mil Hopawati. Paul, yeah, it's it's quite funny with uh, the rain pelting down in Sydney um, and most of the East Coast. They're going to go to Dunedin. If you've ever been to Dun- to Dunedin, it's a lovely spot, but um, 
thing is it's going to be dry because it's an indoor stadium. They're probably the only game that's going to be played um, in decent conditions. Um, look, Bulldogs often take their games over there. Um, it's been a tradition over the last few years. Short tradition, but it, that's what they've done. And they do okay. I think they'll get away with the Warriors. I think they can hit back. Um, I believe uh, that um, Brad Abbey's a decent player. I think um, I think the Fords have to obviously stand up. Um, two points to you. You've you've shocked me with that um, with that Brisbane. I probably return serve and say the Bulldogs uh, will win in the Warriors' backyard um, over in NZ. Yeah, I I just I don't know what to make of this Bulldogs side. They, you know, they they sort of got got on top of the um, of the Roosters last week very quickly, and then also very quickly surrendered that um, that stronghold, and but then came back at the end. I just you know this is a weird one because the Warriors are a team which can score points when they're on, but leak points like there's no tomorrow. Um, and the Bulldogs aren't exactly what I'd call a you know an attacking outfit. Um, they sort of wear down teams with their big forwards, so I, I'm genuinely torn. Um, I suppose I will tip the Warriors just because they've got a more settled side. Um, presumably, Roger Tuivasa-Shek will, will play. He's been named. Um, yep. He obviously came off early last week with a with a concussion. Um, so I mean, if if he plays, you you think that the Warriors should be the better team. They obviously also, you know, don't have to travel to another country, even though it's only New Zealand, it's not that far away. So, um, yeah, I'll go the Warriors, but uh, not with a lot of conviction. Yeah, I'm going Warriors saying for that. I think they've got too many point scoring options for the Bulldogs, but if it does get into a dog fight, pardon the pun, Bulldog. the Bulldogs will, I think, I think the Bulldogs will be, will come right back into it. I just can't see the Bulldogs scoring enough points to challenge the Warriors. Sean Johnson... I love the look of their, their forward pack with Jacob Illiman and Boating Thompson starting this week. Mm. And I think they got, I think with RTS at the back, they weren't, they weren't, they played okay in the wet last week, but it's not their, it's not their game. Indoor, indoor, fast track, I think they'll have too many points for the Bulldogs. Just, just guys, watch out. Um, dogs may benefit from the two coming in in the back, Brad Abbey and um, Marcello Montoya. Um, Abbey's a junior Kiwi, um, Montoya. Fiji International, one test, but can play. Yeah. So watch out. Um, I think they needed a change. I think you're right. I think they need, that whole team needed a change, and this, this could be the force change they need. Yeah, yeah. Um, and look, the only thing with the Dogs last week, they they, they they looked like a St George of last year. They were flinging it left and right before the line. They weren't actually taking the advantage of their forwards. I think they need to really go forward punch it through that uh, defensive line, then fling it. So uh, it'll be interesting on a dry track, though. So we'll move on to Titans-Eels, which is uh, 8.05pm kickoff Friday night um, up at Siva Super Stadium in, uh, on the Gold Coast. Um, I'm not sure about you guys, but I was very confused about seeing Tyrone Roberts-Davis in the team um, as I was looking at the um, the lineups last week, I thought something had gone wrong with the NRL, which does with the NRL's um, app, which does happen a lot. So that's just a weird thing where they've got Tyrone Roberts Davis and Tyrone Roberts in the same team. Um, 
Tyler Cornish is also, I think, making his debut for for the Titans at least. Um, and I would I would say Eels for sure. However, um, Corey Norman's done his hammy. He's going to miss this game. So I, I don't, I'm not sure how we. Yeah, look, guys. Um, it's it's the Corey Norman factor, I suppose, which brings them within um, single digits of a victory. But let let's not kid ourselves. I I, I think um, I think the Eels win. Um, the Eels put the cleaners through the Dragons. No big big surprise there. Um, and even without Corey Norman, I think Clint Gutherson's playing well. You know, Rudradra, Jennings, French, I've mentioned early. Robson's pretty handy filling as well. He's handy. Tyler Cornish is a good player. Um, Wyong Roos, I believe. Um, Roosters Jr. Came, come, coming through. Can play. So I don't think they'll well, they'll lose a fair bit there um, with without Hain. But um, I still expect uh, the Eels to get over the top of them, you know, by, by a trial so. Yeah, I would have said Eels by 20 with Norman. Without Norman, <laughs> yeah. I'd say maybe, you know, one, six or eight. They, they just, their defence, take out the attack, their defence in the first two rounds has been it's really something special. They've they've got this thing where they just play for each other under Brad Arthur and they just, they, they've got the, as we've talked about Bevan French, but with their semi, Clint Gutherson just always on the ball. And I think they'll, for the Titans to rebound this week, they would need Ryan James and Jared Wallace to set a platform in the middle uh, to take them to take Parramatta on through the middle. Um, their starts have been horrible the first two weeks of Titan. So if they can if they can start well, there's some sort of chance at home. But Parramatta's got too much class. Yeah, I think I'll I think I'll take Parramatta too. Yeah, um, first game on Saturday, Newcastle up against the Rabbitohs. Oh. Newcastle's first win for 300 plus days. Paul, can they make it back to back? No. <laughs> <laughs> No, they can't. Um, you know, in saying that, I, I swear to God that Newcastle have been, in their own way, the most um, impressive team, playing above themselves with with a lot of lot of guts. Um, they've been up um, for for each of the eighty minutes that they've played. Um, can they go again? Well, they'll be up. But I think with with Reynolds back again, another another week with Reynolds. Cody Walker's playing well. They got on top of Manly last week. I expect um, South to um, put the Knights back on their bottoms. Yeah, the um, the Knights very good. Although, uh, you know, I wonder if we're just looking at the Knights through the prism of last season and saying they were horrible last year. They must be horrible this year. They've obviously got a few few new um, blokes in there to bolster up the team a bit um, I, I can't remember if I mentioned it on the podcast last week but I think Jamie it was Jamie Bureau said earlier in the year you know the Knights will go a lot better than people think I'm uh, I think I'm going to go with the Knights just to, uh, Okay. Well, if you watch the first ten minutes of the Rabbitohs Manly game, I would have, I would have been with you. They were horrible the first ten minutes South in that game, but they found their groove. Cody Walker will be the difference here. I'm I'm just thinking Souths Souths with Cody Walker in the team are just a far better unit, and I think they'll have too many points for Newcastle. Although they will ride high emotion, and they are at home. Um, but yeah, I'll, a win like that will take a lot of pressure off Newcastle, and they will relax a little bit more. But I think. I think Souths with Adam Reynolds kicking game to be to get home. Cool. So uh, Panthers v Roosters, seven pm uh, over at 
Pepper Stadium. I was considering going to this game, but then my girlfriend told me there's a 70% chance of rain and there's absolutely no way that I'm going. So I'm going to be Soft, staying, mate. staying home and watching it on the TV. Who wears um, the pants? <laughs> so um, I think the Panthers played the game last week that we thought they would in week one. Um, they absolutely thrashed the Tigers. Um, must have been pretty pretty embarrassing, really, if, if, to be in the Tigers team that, that were... That was on the end of the um, that hiding. So, I, this is another one. This is going to be a great game. Yeah, oh, it's the game of the round for me. It, yeah, it, it is. It is, guys. And you, you're looking at me to go first, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, that is a tough one. Um, look, I was probably disappointed. Just harking back to last week, I was disappointed with the Tigers. I don't know how good the Panthers' win was. Um, the the Panthers and the Tigers, the Tigers were over them in the first 15 minutes. They decided to take that odd penalty goal to all, and then it all fell apart for the Tigers. But the Panthers were given really a licence to exploit the Tigers and just run the game they wanted. They won't get that from the Roosters. Um, I think um, with I've, I've highlighted Dylan Napper. Dylan Napper looks like he's eaten a ball boy and come back about 10 kilos heavier. Um, I, I just think it's uh, something that uh, the Panthers will find the Roosters a bigger, harder proposition than the Tigers, and I expect the Roosters uh, to come away from Pepper Stadium with a win. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Napper. With Matt Scott out, he's, the, he's in line to make his Queensland debut this year, and I think he will... Through the middle, I think they're, they're too strong in the middle, I think the Roosters. And you, you throw in the Kiri and Pierce factor. I think they've just started the year. We're talking about the Storm having a great start to the year. I think the Roosters the Roosters have had the best the best start to the season. And they've just they've got so much strike out wide. And, you know, I look at their bench and I just think there are just so many options for, um, for Trent Robinson there. I think Penrith at home will fancy their chances, but I think the Roosters will get them in the end. Zane Tedovano looked really good last week. He yeah. was running the ball hard. Um, I yeah, I, I really don't know who to pick in this one. I guess I think the Roosters have probably earned the right to be picked in this one. They've been on fire um, so far this season. So I'll I'll go with the Roosters. Yeah, in the last game on Saturday night, the Nightcap Cowboys versus Seagulls. Plenty of outs for both teams. I guess the biggest one coming last night with Tom Lolo being suspended for North Queensland. I just I can't see I can't see Manly going up there and getting the two points. No, Paul? no, no, I I can't either. I think Tom Malolo I think deserved uh, somebody's had a brain snap. Um, he could have just taken the the week off and um, they would have gotten home against the Eagles anyway. The way Sea Eagles are running, um, so he comes out. I'm really looking forward to Kalen Ponga. Um, you know, I learnt, um, did a little bit of homework on him. He's born in Port Hedland, WA. He won the Under-13 New Zealand Golf Championship. Oh, yeah? Is that so right? So he's talent. Yeah. He's talent. He's, he's obviously um, he's just a He's a very talent. rich man from yeah. next, for next, from next he, year. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, he is really... If, if you're going to watch one player this weekend, watch this kid um, because he's worth watching. Um, the Cowboys will street them. Yeah, I don't see how the Sea Eagles can beat them. Really, uh, the Sea Eagles could be the team that finishes last this year. There's a genuine chance of that. And I mean, if you're a, if you're a Sea Eagles fan, which as I've noted before that I am, I mean, you know, they got rid of Jeff Tuvey two years ago because he he finished ninth in a team which had a thousand injuries, and now they've brought in Trent Barrett, sent half the team packing, and he's 
it's just not looking good. It really isn't. Um, uh, you know, I'm inclined to give him, you know, at least this season, and I think he's got a three-year deal, so I think you do have to let a coach see it out. But really, you know, if you're going to get rid of Jeff Tuvey and replace him with, with this, I, I think that really asks a lot of questions about the people running the Seagulls. Yeah. How could they make a, you know... Not, not I don't want to pile on Trent Barrett or anything because, he you know, there's Manly's obviously got salary cap problems and, you know, it doesn't help that they I think they've got three props out which would probably, um, you know, make their team a bit more solid. But really, like, they're not... They're just not looking good. Yeah, and, and with Ivan Clear waiting the ring, waiting the wings, I don't think there is time to move. If they, if they lose, if they lose the next few games, I think they're in big trouble. And Daly Cherry Evans, ten million dollars, a lot of money. Yeah, that's not a, it's not been a good investment so far. And I think they, if they don't show something soon, there there could be big changes on the northern beaches. Yeah, great. Yeah, although now that you see what's happened with Kieran Foran, I wonder if, um, I wonder if the Seagulls maybe knew about something like that and thought, well. Cherry Evans is our man. We've got to pick one. And anyway, that's just, that's an aside. Um, so look, we go to GIO Stadium, which is where I was on um, on Saturday night. The Raiders taking on the West Tigers. So I've got a little story for you guys actually from that game. Obviously, the Raiders got pumped, um, and I got stuck right next to all the Sharky supporters who are drunk, still drunk on their maiden premiership win. Good on, like I'm. I'm very happy for them. Actually, we've got a Sharky supporter in the room here, in Mitch, who's producing the podcast. Um, I couldn't be happier for the guys, but I tell you what, they there was one bloke, and there was a whole lot of them chirping the whole game, but there was this one bloke that just kept going. And so I, in the second half, right in front of us, um, Josh Papali went down with an injury, and you know they were giving him the Bronx cheer, you know, get up, you sook, and all this kind of stuff, and he ended up getting up, and I. I played on he, he was walking around a little bit gingerly and sort of five minutes later the guy who'd been sitting right behind me and chirping all game goes oh he's up I want whatever he's having sorry I want whatever he's having and I turned around and said do you mean like those peptides the sharks were on a few years ago <laughs> and just a few minutes later I hear the guy go he had to bring up the peptides. <laughs> so I didn't hear much out of him the rest of the game, but I'm happy um, for the Sharks fans that they won their premiership. I wasn't happy to see the Raiders go down. Uh, I think good. it will be a completely different game this week, though. The Raiders were missing, I think, six first graders. And if you look at their bench, it's completely different to what it was last week. There's a lot more firepower there. Dave Taylor is named, so I'm, you know, we sort of don't know how he's going to go, but... Um, Sia Soliola and Clay Priest on the bench as opposed to Jeff Lima and Scott Sorensen mm. uh, and Dynamis Louis is a massive upgrade and you know you saw actually the, the Raiders game because I was there they were in the contest until the first the changes were made and then the Sharks just dominated them from there um, so I think the Raiders will definitely beat the West Tigers yeah I agree um, my man JC Jared Croker he's back, back yep um, that's the one inclusion that I think um, they've been looking forward to. Sticky Stewart's been looking forward to. Pushes Whitehead back into the second row. Which is where he's much better. Uh, yeah. Much, much better. He gives him more depth from the bench, yeah. like you said. Yeah. And you mentioned Siasoliola. I have a lot of time for that fella. Hard as nails. And had a, can sh- had a play. shocker on the weekend, though. Yeah, yeah. Dropped he, two balls and gave away a big penalty, but yeah, can he, play. He, he can play. I think um, he, he can play. Um, with the reshuffle with Croker back... 
I expect the Raiders to win and I expect um, Mitchell Moses um, to pull his socks up um, after last or week's shocking socks. or cutty socks. Yeah, or cutty those, socks, whatever they were. They were, they were very pretty, those um, leg warmers, weren't they, oh. Chris? I, I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know what the Tigers were thinking last week, but they do have a history of bouncing back the West Tigers and you know they can be 80 minutes on, 80 minutes off. And if they're on, it could be a closer fiction. A lot of people are, are suggesting, but I still... I think the what for the reasons that you guys have both said, I think the Raiders looking for their first win will have too much motivation because they they harbour thoughts of top four. So if they go zero and three, it's a long way back from there. So I think the Raiders because it's a must win for them. Those socks, I'm I read some s- speculation about them on Reddit. Uh, it's something to, uh, from what I was reading. It's something to do with the boots. There's I don't know if you saw the little black things. It's something to help with like the grip or a lot of fo- um, footballers, as in soccer footballers, use it. So. Um, and and the final game of the round, the local Sorry. derby, Sharks and the Dragons. Paul, your Dragons, did they show their true colours last week, or <laughs> yeah, did they, they have an off day? No, no, no. They um they got their pants pulled down, and um, local derby, they will hit back. But uh, look, if it were at home, perhaps um, we got Valentine Holmes back. Um, he'll come back at at fullback, I'd suggest, and they'll feed Jack Bird back into the into the team there, wherever he'll he'll play. But um, I expect the Sharks have just got too much um, too much firepower, and the Dragons have too many mistakes in them. Um, I think if they get a little bit under pressure, um, they uh, the Sharks will probably win comfortably. The only chance Saints have got is if um, they keep it nice and tight early. If there's a fair bit of rain, it evens it out like it did against Penrith and they got on top of that, um, the Panthers. Um, I can't see them getting on top of the Sharks. So I expect the Sharks to win 13+. plus. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I don't see any reason why you'd think the Dragons will win. Yeah, well... Join the chorus. I, I, I think, as I said, the, the problem with the Dragons' attack is their ball control. They can't, if they keep dropping the ball, they can't. They need to be a team that completes at 80%. And in the rain and against the Sharks, who were outstanding last week, I think Sharks 20 plus. Uh, final thoughts, boys. Um, an odd one from me, but um, final thoughts is to do with the weather and the upkeep of the grounds. Um, you know, we've had the likes of Adele and, and Guns N' Roses and, and all manner of, um, I don't know if Justin Bieber played anywhere in Sydney, but um, I'm glad to say I don't know. But um, just on going with this autumn rain, I'm a little bit worried later on in the year about the upkeep of the grounds and just watch this space guys that come June, July and the and the full winter we may have a few real dire situations particularly at Olympic um, Stadium and Lotto Land, there's always complaints about Absolutely. The, the, the turf and, over there and don't be surprised if we have more um, players complaining about um, turned ankles and and, um, and suing the NRL and, and the clubs themselves so watch out for that yeah, uh, my final thought is that after this week, either Des Hasler or uh, Trent Barrett will be in a lot of trouble, and there will be whispers coming out of both camps with Ivan Cleary circling that one of them, if they, I think they'll both start 0 and 3, and I think that one of them will be gone come round 10 or 12. Whoa, okay. Be cool. Um, I'm thinking that the shark, uh, not sharks. What am I talking about? The Cowboys Broncos is the um, the rivalry of the contemporary era. Um, you've looked at what some of the 
big ones in the past, perhaps Manly Storm of, of you know, of their two premierships, um, t- yeah. title bouts against each other. Parramatta okay. Bulldogs yeah. in the in the eighties, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, I'm you know that's it's unreal. It's like four, uh, five, six games decided by less than a try each, and a couple of them in in golden golden point. It's um, yeah, it makes for compelling watching. Unfortunately for the Cowboys, they lost all their all their blokes out of this um, latest one to injury. But um, yeah, it's it's something to um, to keep an eye on, and it, it is most the unfortunately they're both Queenslanders. Yeah, uh, I, I don't mind. That doesn't that doesn't bother me one bit. Yeah, I've been seeming into round twenty six, and I think so. It's a long time between yeah, tries. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have no problem watching those guys rip into each other for for eighty or you know ninety minutes. I suppose. I prefer they do it a bit closer to Origin though. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, look, that's going to wrap it up for for this week. Uh, I've Connie Hickey. I've been talking with Paul Roberts and Chris Bullos. Um, and we'll catch you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.